doused with water, uh, <sighs> Julie Adams. Yeah. Now, why did they have a Star of David with an A on it? Um, for asshole? I don't know the answer. Jewish, Jewish asshole. <laughs> <laughs> you don't need to wear it on your sleeve, boys. Hey, did you just sleep with my Jewish wife? Ah, why would you say that? Because you got a Scarlet A on that Star David on your shirt. Oh yeah, that's right. It's an adulterer's. Yeah, you always sleep with Jewish men, Jewish married men. Was David King David the one who sent who had the affair with uh, Jezebel and sent the the? No, that wasn't King no. David. It was a different one. Okay, never mind. That would work for the A. Yeah, right, Jezebel. Now look at that clock on the wall. I swear to God, it's like elementary and high school when we were growing up. Oh, it looks like it's not 420 anymore, Carl. You can stop smoking. <laughs> now she's getting offended with like, uh, I think you wax are great in your place. You know, we're getting a lot of... Oh, Battle of the Sexes in this movie. Yeah, we're getting a lot of... See... He never means anything sexist, but they always get offended and take it sexist. The thing is, it is sexist, but he's just repeating the no, the 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 zeitgeist of the day, you know. Uh, Go ahead, listen to him worm a little. Wonderful, they're just wonderful in their place. In, in their place. The fuck. Well, I'm just saying it could be anywhere. It could be here. It could be in the kitchen. In the kitchen. <laughs> ah! Hello, six symbol. Turn it up because it's fun. No, no, no. Not yet. But it's a start. She goes, what? Because there's something wrong. And she goes, not yet. Well, Lieutenant, in the course of your duties with us, you will be in contact with the women of this battalion. Yeah, don't fuck them. Any incidents? Yeah. Incident? But you're saying he, he doesn't fuck any of them. He doesn't. Oh, yes, yes. They used to sell a snack. I can imagine. Yeah. I used to take some of them home with me. You did? Oh, yes. You did? Yes, miss. I'm sorry, but it's been 10 minutes without a fucking talking donkey, and I'm going through withdrawal. Oh, yeah, we're not going to meet this donkey. Well, it's coming up. He's going to go to his quarters. He's going to go to sleep tonight, and donkey's going to show up and explain himself. Now, have you ever seen the movie Hot to Trot with Bob Hackleweith? No. John Candy is a talking horse. He got credit as Don oh. Horse. Should uh, I see it? Yeah, I'll tell you why. It's one of the worst movies you'll ever see. Oh. Abney Coleman's in it. He... Uh, I do not enjoy that experience. Virginia Manson is a professional actor, though. I read an interview with Dabney. He couldn't say anything nice about the Talking Horse movie. He has buck teeth in the movie, Dabney. Okay. And uh, Gilbert Gottfried plays the veterinarian at the end of the movie. <laughs> He's got the horse on like a dentist chair. Now turn your head and cough. Uh, I sound a little hoarse. Doctor, you should listen to yourself. Yeah, yeah no, it's... there's this one scene in which the general, who's the voice of the horse, yeah, get of the mule, gets like horse, and I don't understand why he does. Okay, now we're gonna see the mule. Finally, sorry, you got to open a window so the mule can show up. Right. It's like every Mr. Ed episode. It's like yeah, Ed. I think that Mr. Ed totally ripped off this series. Yeah, the absolutely. Thing is, Director Arthur Lubin did it. So. Oh, so it's the same creative forces. No, okay. it's just. 
Director Arthur Lubin. Several Abbott and Costello films, Phantom of the Opera in 43, wow. the Francis the Talking Mule series, and he created the Talking Horse TV series, Mr. Ed. So is he ripping himself off? I don't think no, so. No, it's just an evolution. He's like, you can see the peanut butter falling out of the, the donkey's mouth. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's right. They, to credit to this film, they don't do too many tricks with right. like, doing it in reverse, then forward, then reverse. Uh, it's pretty good. You see the way he's got his mouth going there? It's Yeah, no, it looks good. They're not faking it. They're it is this Mr. Ed thing where suddenly they're talking at a window and the horse comes in or... They're at a, you know some area where the horse could just kind of show stable. up. Stable, mm-hmm. yeah, stable. So now oh, I, he's he's explaining the thin plot that he found out he was in trouble and came to look for him. He had to get himself assigned to the animal experiments department. It's it's kind of cheap, but I mean it's our what is this? This is our fifth edition. You know, I was thinking, I was thinking about that too, like. Police Academy Five, I think, was up. Uh, maybe Miami. Uh, when, when they go to Miami. Okay. Well, I mean, this film is no slouch. Uh, this film did better than. Um, uh, uh, okay, wait. Let me find it exactly. Um, hey, hey, hey. What's this? See, That's they it. overheard the horse, uh, the mule. So they think there's a woman in there. Ugly as a mule. And I heard she's stubborn as a mule. Oh, donkey. Donkey. It's not jumping out and biting me, but this film did better than the sequel number two and number three and number four. This one had good box office. I I really wanted to do a Francis the Talking Mule movie uh, on our show because I've always heard about this. So I wanted to find the most interesting one. I didn't want to find, like, I didn't want us to watch another drab one. And I picked this because of Zazu Pitts, who's a regular. uh, Mamie Van Doren, who I read on IMDb, did not want to be in this movie. She did not want to be in this movie. And she had, Clint Eastwood was her friend. Uh, Let me... Like I yeah. said, she's still alive, and she's trying so hard to be a sex symbol today. She has, like, plastic surgery and stuff. Mammy Van Dorden didn't want to be in the film, but she was contracted to Universal and had to do it. Clint Eastwood was her friend of hers and found out she was in it, asked her to help him get a part. She said, God, why are you trying to get into that movie? I'm trying to get out of it. The only reason anyone starred in that film, because they were forced to do it. Well, he was in Joins the Navy, I believe. He was in a Francis movie. Clint Eastwood. I believe, yeah. We saw Clint Eastwood in uh, Bonzo Goes to College, too. Clint, what? Clint Eastwood, wasn't he in Bonzo Goes to College? Was he in Bonzo? No. I would have have been all over that shit. I thought I saw a movie where he was holding a monkey. It must have been. Orangutan in any which way but lose. (laughs) Is that what you mean? It's not what you mean. It was before that. He's like a tall drink of water, like the young Clint Eastwood. Yeah, I guess I don't know about that. Okay, so <clears throat> by mistake, this woman is in the same bunker as him. And 
he's about to go, excuse me, and she'll go, ah, you know, that kind of thing. And the MPs run in and take him to the, the <laughs> um, major's office. And, oh, I'm sorry to disturb you. Ah! Ah. Wait, it's, it's too dark. Ah! Let's see, scream. Some cute 50, 1950s uh, styles. Yes. Yeah. Nobody in here, huh? Look, he puts his head under because it's a comedy. <laughs> oh, shit. It's the Madam Police. <laughs> MPs. Ms. Police. Ms. Pac-Man. Yeah, Ms. Pac-Man. <laughs> I know what you're thinking, but it isn't true. Now, I know what you're thinking, but it isn't true. Then he comes into this office and goes, I know what you're thinking, but it isn't true. Isn't it obvious that this was all of error and that he, he a guy is in a lady's auxiliary? No, they know it's a mistake and they're getting him transferred out, but he's spending the night, you know, and. But they didn't realize that he might cause trouble, like having one guy in there. But he was supposed to be isolated in his own barracks, and it was a screw-up that that woman came and got him gotcha. off. They do that a lot. Two incidences one night? Two incidents. Now, she was a... This woman in the 30s and 40s was like a statuesque, sexy man-killer. She was in 150 movies. Wow. She's got two stars on the Walk of Fame, because when her movie career started to dry up because she got older and she wasn't she couldn't play yeah she turned to te television and she got real smart so she got two stars on the hollywood walk of fame so one star has a film uh projector right. yeah and then the other one has a tv set yes was she on um, radio does she have a radio one she doesn't commenting on her other woman roles barry once said i seem to be a woman always with a gun in her purse I'm terrified of guns. Oh my God, I go from Francis. what? Francis was out the window. You missed it. Yeah, and he what he's doing is saying like, "Nice ass, toots." Go ahead, play it. And she's like, "How dare you?" Yeah, you're the one with the nice ass. That's really gold bricking. Well, I try to tell. I can see right here what you're trying to tell them that a mule talked to you. I didn't believe him. And neither would I. So don't pull any of that mule hanky-panky around here. <laughs> mule hanky-panky. Yes, ma'am. For lack of clear-cut evidence, I will not press charges against you. But let me make one thing quite plain. Until you are transferred out, you're a whack officer. You will think as we do and do as we do. Everything? Everything. <laughs> that is whack. You want me to whack off? He's in the whack. Yeah, because they say whack officer, and you hear whack off a lot. <laughs> I forgot about whack officer. Mother says your mother's right. She's really up on things. Why, before we married, mommy served in the wax in the Philippines. That's right, yeah. Hey, all right. Now, in the movie, I don't understand why he comes out in his bathrobe. It's right, he is explained. in the military. There isn't some mistake. He comes out and joins the troops in his... I don't understand why you're wearing a skinny tie and Speedo. I mean, just because you're playing cheap trick doesn't mean like... <laughs> <laughs> uh. 
Now I had heard the wax recruited old maids for the war, but mommy isn't one of those I've known her all these years. Look at that. He's at least wearing a shirt, Donald. Seem a little weak. For what? Why does he come out like that? I don't get it. Now he's going like, to fall in line and do the exercises with them. He's like, oh, it's a big mistake, and that's why I'm naked. You can wear some clothes, goddammit. Did he not think that he had to go for military training in the morning? I don't know, and I don't know why he comes out like this. And they're giggling. There's our main whack, our captain. Yeah, she looks great. That haircut. Let's see here. Mean Parker. Now she was in everything, man. She was all over TV. Was that Zazu Pitts? No, Zazu Pitts is like a wacky lady who's in the infirmary. She's with the animals, and she was in the first movie. She's reprising her role on the fifth movie. Yes. So the sixth um, and seventh movie, the director went on to do Mr. Ed, and Donald and Chill Wills wasn't in it. It was Mickey Rooney. Mr. Ed was a movie, not just a TV no, show. No, no, but when they did Francis, uh, Francis in the Haunted House, and I think oh. the other, it was Mickey Rooney taking over, and it was really? uh, Paul Freer did the last voice, the, the famous uh, voice talent from Disney. You recognize his voice. I, I, I can't do his voice right now. So they're all giggling at him. I didn't know this. I don't think they should have done that. I think they should have stick to their genuine roots. Well, I think it's just they wanted the series to continue. You know what I mean? Like how there's yeah. always air buddies and space buddies. They want their know. money. Yeah. Like talking animal movies are, are great kid fodder, you know? I'm trying to think of a talking animal movie I like. Like the animal talks. Oh, I guess Polly. Did you ever see that with Jay Moore and Buddy Hackett? No. It was like a, a smart-ass parakeet. No, I never did. <laughs> Not bad. It's cute. Yeah, I never understood talking animals. Like, do they they understand humans, but they don't understand their other animals? Yeah, I guess not. And they can't talk to their other animals. They don't speak English. You know, talking dogs creep me out because dogs use their mouths not only to talk, but to fucking attack people and, and you know. Right. Yeah, so... It's, it's talking, but it's also the same set of jaws it's going to use to kill an animal. Okay, I never think of it that way. Look, his back is hurting. So now we're going to get more mistaken sexist stuff. Why don't you go listen uh, to sure. it so you can get offended. I heard Donkey Kong called. He wants his barrel back. Oh, I see. Uh, you men went into the rugged things, no doubt. Oh, yes, up to a course and that sort of thing. You know, steal that wall, jump that hurdle, and... I climbed that landing net. You mean confidence course, Lieutenant. Three racks don't use it. Yeah, well, it's pretty strenuous. It wasn't that for women. And I'm sure the women would appreciate it if you'd show them how it's done sometime. Fine. Maybe I can get a few volunteers to help you. Wonderful. Me? Yes, you, Lieutenant. What? What did I get myself into? What did I talk myself into? He's got one of those Jack Lane bodies. Right? Like... You know, nowadays guys are like, I can't wait to have a four-pack ab. Yeah, every time a guy takes off his shirt in a television show or a movie, he's he's like 
a guy who goes to the gym. Right. It's really not realistic. So I was watching this thing called um, The Good Place. It's just a Ted Danson streaming show. Yeah, right. Yeah, the sitcom. And so there's this guy, he's named Chidi, and he's a he's a professorly guy. He's like a professor of philosophy, and it was ridiculous. He took his shirt off in one episode, and he was six-pack ripped. It made yeah. no sense. He, uh, Yeah. It's like you're seeing uh, Guardians of the Galaxy, and the second uh-huh. one, he takes his shirt off for a split second, and everyone in the audience is like, swoon. <laughs> it's like, dude, that guy must have like worked out insanely just for that one scene where he takes his shirt off. Right, exactly. Now Arnold Schwarzenegger did that at sixty for his Genesis, but that makes sense. Yeah, he's also he the robot. Supposed to do it, yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, the big story is Kamal Nagiani of uh, the Eternals, right? Uh-huh. He famously is a comedian, not really the, the guy you would think who would buff up. He was in Silicon Valley, but he buffed up for that. Marvel movie, and then he publicly said, "Please, guys, I, I'm really self conscious about it. Please don't comment on my buffness." Okay, it's like that Jonah Hill thing. Please, I don't want to talk about whatever I'm promoting. You know, it's just it's a mental health issue. It's like oh, it, so it's he, he got he was affected by the internet. You know, the internet critiquing his physique and calling attention to it. It just was too much for him. As all things. Oh, splash! Oh, the beautiful. Gotta make them laugh. Oh, Wilbur. Wilbur. <laughs> hey, uh, Mr. Ed, who's your favorite comedian? Oh, Wilbur. I tried. I tried. I tried. I tried. I just saw his special. Yeah. Hey, my buddy's in one of his uh, anthologies, Joe Barnick. I know uh-huh. him from San Francisco. He's doing great. Did you want, yeah, I guess the Red Rocks one? Here. He's like saying, are those your kids or are those your girlfriends or something? It never gets addressed. What would you call like uh, kid mules? Right? There's a name for that. Horse's ass. Oh, um, you mean like uh, pups or something? Yeah, uh, like uh, ponies. Kids. Yeah, I don't, I don't think ponies. Oh, yeah. That's a, that's a, a so, donkey. There are band aids on, on um, the other mules, on the mule's ass because he got shots in his butt for the animal experiments. <laughs> um, <laughs> Peter is going to lean on him like this, and he's going to, oh, oh my, Lieutenant Sterling, my butt is killing me. Ow, my ass! Technically, you're my ass. You, you are not, you. but I don't know. He doesn't own him. They're equals? Like, I always feel like the, the donkey is smarter than him on purpose. Yep, yep. <laughs> Watch right here. He's going to lean on him right here. Yeah. Oh! They snuck up on me with a square needle. I'm sorry, Pat. I forgot. They didn't waste any time. They always waste time. There's a shortcut for finish line. Oh, yeah. That wouldn't be fair. All spare and love and war. Get going. Well, my girl is way ahead of me, isn't she? There is the understatement of the year. Come on. <laughs> oh, it's so cute, so genteel. Uh oh, woman, woman, run! Look, he helps her. He, she helps him up, and still wins. It still wins. Right, the fish lies right behind her too. Oh, he didn't win. Yeah. Oh, I just misjudged the height of the fence. That's all. Now. 
Okay. Francis just told him all about something he did, you know, new information. There's a general, um, and uh, General Benjamin K. So General K doesn't like the wax, like being part of combat and stuff. So they're they're trying to be part of a camouflage unit. And so he said, so he told them all about a big competition with the camouflage and how General K is trying to get rid of them. And we got to help these wax out. So by mistake, he, he shouldn't know that information. And he lets it go, go to the captain here. Look how his oh. head is under. Look at that. I understand why you're all so sensitive. I suppose General K's attitude does get you on edge. General K? How do you know about that? It's surprising to have your big camouflage operation. <laughs> oh, what did I say? Oh, ask him on a date. Ask her on a date. Listen. We both go to the post dance together tonight. Oh, oh what, what did I say? Oh my god, I hate that I'm being mute in the background. It's Ash Wednesday, obviously. Right. Hey, you know, Carl, don't bring that. Don't call it that, would you? Now, whenever I'm around Francis, I never bring up Ass Wednesday. Now, <laughs> they're like, obviously, Major uh, Lieutenant Sterling was planted here by the general to, like, fuck us right. up. Right. Well, that makes sense. Why else would the guy be in wax? Yeah. And why hasn't he been transferred out yet? American hot wax. Look at that old-timey phone. They spared no expense to retrofit this office. They spent no expense on any of this stuff. I mean, it's all mule compliant. I want you to build a set that a mule could walk into a window and talk. You're right away, this Lupin. Right, Arthur Lupin. So, okay, prominent director for Universal Pictures in the 40s and 50s, best known today as the man who gave Clint Eastwood his first contract in a film. Yeah, that's the joins the Navy. Uh, Lubin said he directed 69 films, of which eight have been miserable flops. Those included Mickey the Kid and Yellowstone. Huh? Um, he was gay. This is interesting. He died at the Autumn Hills Nursing Home in Glendale, California on May 11, 1995 at age 96. Wow. Hospital worker and serial killer Efren Saldivar allegedly told people he killed dozens of sick and elderly patients. Yeah. And there is some fear that Lubin was one of these. How awful. Yeah. Yeah, I heard about that guy. What's up with that? Those guys shouldn't do that shit. That's really like... Oh, like yeah, you're cool. against murder? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, I am, Carl. What I put my foot down. Yeah, if I, can, if I can stick my neck out here. Listen, you, you're a nurse at Eldery Home, and you're like, oh, I should kill them. You fucking go outside and breathe some goddamn air. Touch yeah. grass, nerd. <laughs> Listen, <laughs> I know you're not against murder, but this is a serial killer. That's too far. That's Oh, yeah. Man coming to the barracks. Okay, so now what they think they're doing is screwing over General K., and they're going to assign him, who knows nothing about camouflage, to train the second platoon about how to camouflage. Because and they think he's a military guy. Well, he doesn't know anything about camouflage. So if the second platoon doesn't do well, it'll be his fault, the general's plant, they think. And they're going to totally disrespect him now. Good. Are they going to do, like, jokey stuff like, well, I don't know if you guys could do it. 
no, he's not going to do any sexist stuff right now. But we are going to get sexist misunderstandings in our next scene. Like he's like, attention. And I guess women stand at attention different than men. So he's like, I said attention. I'm at attention, sir. So he's like, at ease. <laughs> I said at ease. I am at ease, sir. And I swear he's looking at their boobs. Oh, the sound drives are crazy. I said attention. We are attention, sir. Now, they put her up front because her boobs are killer. Hey! Now, yeah. look at our sex symbol down there, uh, Mamie Van Doren, all the way. She has the best boobs of the movie. Well, that's, yeah, I mean, she's a famous bombshell. Now, listen, Mike, I, I just want you to know that I've, I've, I've been around boobs. They've been prominent in my life. Yes, when no. I speak about boobs, I know what I'm talking about. And so I just want to say that Mamie, um, in this film, has some of the best films, boobs in the film. Well, Carl, listen, I agree, you know, as a guy who respects women and uh, appreciate female form. Yeah. All I got to say is, ooga. <laughs> hey, I say that respectfully. I do. I respect most of the women in this film. Um, I don't Except the mean old captain. Um, yeah. Okay, look. You see Mamie down there. I respect yeah. her. The next one over, not so much. The next one's got nice, big, prominent boobies. I respect her. The next one, not so much. Now, IMDb, like when I was looking at all these Francis movies, they were like, the women in this are like 1950s boobs. I go, check, done. <laughs> I picked this one because Chill Wills it shows up in person. It still has the original ensemble. Right. We do have Mamie Van Doren in this, and it's probably the most preposterous. They did a movie, Goes to Town, where the donkey and him uh, are in New York City, uh -huh. which sounds absolutely hysterical having a donkey walking around times square and whatnot oh the animal experiment room yeah and we just got a joke in which he thought he was turned into a monkey why are they ejecting a horse and with what I don't know. It's experimental. I don't know. We don't learn what it's for. Now, in looking up Julie Adams, Captain Jane Parker, she's in a million television shows. I didn't even list them, but I list here the ones you would have heard of, and I swear there's like 25 of them here. But one of them is The Girl from Uncle, 1967. Did you ever hear The Girl from Uncle? Yeah, I have. It was a TV show. Yeah. yeah. So we know the man from Uncle. Why wasn't the woman from Uncle? But it's the girl from Up. Oh, here she is. This is your uh, thing. Yes, that's you. And she's like working. Wow. Here's some carrots for you, Rabbit. Listen, I'm not doing the second movie. There's no way. Third, fuck you. I'm not doing it. I'm, I'm a star. Well, here's a no. For you. Here's banana. Okay, I'll do the fifth movie. You didn't bring me Reese's Pieces? <laughs> well, they haven't been Reese's... invented yet. 
Well, that's right. Reese's monkey pieces. I guess there was a peanut butter cup. Now he's, he's like, you look familiar. And he's going to talk about this crazy person in Burma who talked to a mule. But she never puts two and two together that it's him. She's supposed to be a character and kooky, and she is. Now she's like trying to put two and two together with the mule, but she never will. Right. Does he remember the first film? Uh, no, no insinuations and why we can't. Good lord. Some little beast. No reaction whatsoever. Here. What? Uh-oh. Where's that going? Yeah. Oh, phew. Yeah. Phew, she's, she's stuck it up the ass. That... Ah, she stuck it up his ass. The ass. He drank a whole bottle of alcohol yesterday. Now, you dear little mule, I'm going to start you on your pills. I hope you take them nicely. Ooh, man, that's nice. Booze and pills? 1950s <laughs> booze and 1950s pills? Way to go. Now, um, this Captain Jane Parker, she was in a lot of movies. Uh, she was in a soap opera called Capital in the 80s, but she had a recurring role in Murder, she wrote. And But the thing is, when it got into the 90s and the 2000s, she didn't quit. She was on Beverly Hills, Diagnosis Murder, Melrose wow. Place, Family Law. And wow, way to go. In she was in CSI, and she was in Carnage in 2011. She kept going. Carnage, the movie? Yes. Yeah. Well, I think I've seen Carnage. That's the one where the two couples are uh, having dinner and they're talking about how their kids fight each other. I never I saw it, so I don't know. I know it was 2011, and I know that the French pronounced it Carnage. Let there be Carnage. That's how Venom pronounces it. <laughs> the Marvel? Yeah, the villain is named Carnage in the second movie. And the, the title of the movie is Venom 2, Let There Be Carnage. Uh-huh. I never saw... I saw Venom 1, but... It's a good San Francisco movie. I like that he lives in the Tenderloin. Yes. Now, um, this was based on a story called Mr. Whack by Herbert Baker. And it's not clear that it was like... I think he was just a hired writer who wrote... The story for this uh, film, uh, Devery De Freeman wrote it, and James Aldari, I don't know. They, they've got lots of history here. Uh, Devery Freeman helped establish a Screenwriters Guild, reorganize it into the Writers Guild of America in 54, and negotiated with studios to build the Guild's right to determine film writing credits. That's good. If they're not crediting Chill Wills for voicing the main character, they're probably fucking over the writers as well. Yes. Okay, so Francis comes up with this idea to buy cologne, not perfume, I don't know why, for the entire platoon. So now you're going to have to turn the sound up when our sex symbol Mamie gets in because 
well, not yet, but because she's very funny. You're all thanking him for the cologne. Okay, here she comes. Here she comes. You shouldn't have. Mm -hmm. She's like, Captain sees it. Now watch what she says. Put lipstick on. Slip of the lip. Now listen to what she says. Did you get it? Yeah. She goes, I'm sorry, I just slipped, right? He goes, well, I expect you to be extra careful next time. And she goes, I will be extra careful, extra careful next time. Like, I'm not going to get caught. No, I, I noticed. And then she walked off like that. Oh, hello. Thanks for the perfume. Cologne. I love Old Spice. Uh, yeah, it's called... Okay, so Second Platoon is moving up in the rankings. This is going against their plans. Their plans was for Second Platoon to do horrible, and it would be a man's fault. So it's all falling apart. But they're Second Platoon, right, Carl? So they're winning. There are three platoons. They're all going to perform camouflage exercises. And the second platoon has been slacking with bad morale and doing horrible. So they said, let's slap a man on it, and it'll look like it's the man's fault. And that'll tell oh. General K he can't criticize us. But it's not working. They're getting good thanks to him. Make them laugh. Yeah, now that's a that's make him laugh is a, a reference to his singing in the rain. Yeah, uh, appearance. Let's see this now. Look, this Donald O'Connor was in a lot, a lot, a lot of things. He wasn't just the Francis the Mule Jeez. guy. No, no. And in fact, I know him much older than he looks in this movie. And you know, I know. He looks a lot older in Singing in the Rain compared to what he looks like now. Yeah, that's right. Um, that was, but but Singing in the Rain was 52, which was earlier than this. No, this is 55. What I'm saying is his best known work came in the film Singing in the Rain, 1952. Right. This film's 54, and he looks older in that. Okay, turn it up because you'll hear the voice of the mule. This is... Jill Wills. Wilbur, I mean, Captain. Well, he like he's getting accused of, of planting the, the the. He clearly doesn't know what she's talking about. Yeah. What a mule! What guy? And so he gets off the hook because he realizes she was wrong in this conversation. His best known work came in the film Singing in the Rain, 1952, for which O'Connor was awarded Golden Globe. He won a primetime Emmy, four nominations, and received two stars in the Hollywood Walk of Fame throughout his career. He received two? What, television and movies? Um, Radio? I'll have I to check. It. Next time I'm on Hollywood Boulevard, I'll check. I'll let you know. O'Connor received an offer to play Cosmo, the piano player, in Singing in the Rain, 52. Uh, yeah, got a globe, Golden Globe. 
the film featured his widely known rendition of Make Him Laugh, which he choreographed with the help of an assistant dance directors and his brother. Do you, do you know that scene in the movie, Carl? I have seen Singing in the Rain, and I just didn't care about it. So my sure. memory of it is very... I remember the famous scene with the umbrella dancing on the street, but that's because I it was reinforced by seeing it in clips all the time. Oh, all the time. Yeah, I mean, there's a scene where there's an actress who's trying to do a talkie for the first time. That's a great scene. But the Make, mm-hmm. make Em Laugh song number is probably, for me, like the one of the funniest things I've seen. It's just, like, flawless. And he's terrific in it. So Maybe I, I, I it out again. Ah, you know, if it's on, stay for that scene. It's not, it's yeah. before. Oh, and when they sing "Good Morning in the Morning," it's fun to stay up late in the morning. In the morning with you, <laughs> good movies. O'Connor said he was forced to go to the hospital during the production of "Singing in the Rain" due to in- injuries and exhaustion. The scene was building to such a crescendo, I thought I'd actually have to kill myself," said O'Connor. That's a little weird. Now, check this out. He was meant to play Bing Crosby's partner in White Christmas, but he was unavailable because he contracted an illness transmitted by the mule. I don't understand. I never even heard of that. You can get, like, mule pox? You can get mule pox, I guess. He was replaced in the film by Danny Kaye. Look at the... Here's the voice. Yep, and he thinks he goes... And shut. And he goes quiet, Francis. It's not funny, but it's really the general. I need to. Wow, it's a transfer of power. It'd be strange, man. If I had, if I was friends with Francis, and then some guy sounded like him, I'm like, yeah. you will not believe this shit. But you sound exactly like a mule that talks to me. You talk that's like you sound like this talking ass. What? What? Yeah, exactly. That's exactly how a talking ass sounds. Now, White Christmas was a huge, huge hit. It's really a missed opportunity that he wasn't in that, and it's weird that he got sick from the mule. O'Connor and Bing Crosby united on Anything Goes 56 at Paramount. It's just not the same thing. And the studio also released the Buster Keaton story of which O'Connor had the title role, which we already know. Right, and he hated that film. I believe it. Well, this, the story of that film is that Buster Keaton got enough money to buy a house. So he said, okay, yeah, whatever you guys want to do, that's fine at this point. Uh-huh. He just and, wanted to not be homeless anymore. Right, so yeah, have some stability. Yeah. yeah. He was living in, like, a a, a van in the studio lot. Yep, yep. It's yeah. was pathetic. He because finally had a, he lost uh, the control, the creative control. We learned this from the general. Yeah, that's right. Well, he did a bunch of movies, and they're on YouTube with Jimmy Durante. What? No beer? And, like, speak easily? And it's, like, these kind of prohibition yeah. comedies. It's interesting. I've seen a bunch of them. It just doesn't... I don't know if it doesn't work. Like, you have this Mr. Stoneface, silent star himself, and yeah. Jimmy Durante. Oh. <laughs> Are we going to see one of those? Yeah, I have it on the list. I mean, you know what? Maybe let's do it next week. Speak easy. All right. All Sounds right. good. What's it called? Instead of speak easy, it's yeah. a prohibition pun. It's speak easily. Speak easy. Buster is a... Oh, I, I don't, gosh, I'm, a, I'm just. Do you know what I'm, year? No. 
Yeah, 50-something, 50 and change. So you don't know what year. Oh, I, I don't know offhand, no, okay. but it was in the 50s. I'll look it up. Very 40s. Whatever happened to all this season's losers of the year? But every time I got to thinking where they disappear. When I woke up, mommy and daddy were rolling on the couch. Rocking, rolling numbers up. They got my kiss records out. You know, that's a rhyme. Even though it's the same word, out and out, that breaks their pattern of no rhymes in the song. Is it just that song that Chief Trick doesn't know how to write, or is it like every song is weird? No, uh, it was just that song, The Words Don't Rhyme, which was so weird. I didn't realize they even mentioned Kiss in that song. How crazy is that? (laughs) Yeah, I think you need to give that song another listen. Yeah, another listen. Another listen, another listen to Surrender. See, what's funny is in the beginning of that song, the bass is playing an A, and the band is playing a G and that does not go. Right. But then the G slides into an A and the song fits together all of a sudden. It's a piece of genius, that song. You know, I remember you complimenting, a, uh, this is years ago, Carl, decades ago, uh, Right Here, Right Now by Jesus Jones. Oh, yeah. You're like, listen to this. It starts off with this techno shit and then yeah. three seconds into it, it says, fuck this shit and goes and starts a guitar playing. Yeah, that's right. It you, turns you into a classic rock Okay, here's the camouflage, and they're getting Where? better. Where? Where's the camouflage? Ah. Uh, <laughs> well, you turn it around, and you see all their flat asses. So I know. Now, it's look, strange. To teach, to teach Peter Sterling, he's camouflaging himself as a moose. Oh, right. I don't see any donkeys around here. You know, the theme song didn't really work for Francis. A mule is a mule, a cule, a cule. A cule, a cule. <laughs> and no one can talk to a mule, a cule. <laughs> Unless a cule, the mule, a cule is the famous Francis talking mule. What's this? A moose? Hey. Just a little lesson in camouflage. I thought you would be a little horse. Are you kidding? This is my bread and butter talking. Don't be insulting. Jill Will- Wills was like a big-time poker player. I can't get my head around Jill Wills. First off, what a great name. Yeah. that's. I'm sure that's not his real name. Well, his last name must be Wills, and he must have got that yeah. nickname. Right. And he's like got Buster. the Southern Thrall. thrall. Like, was, he, so was he in every single Western... Was he like poker player number two in the uh, bar? Will's deep, rough voice with its Western twang was matched to the personality of a cynical, sardast- sardonic mule. Uh, <laughs> it doesn't say here he was in a lot of Westerns, but I'm sure he was. He was in the city of Chicago, the, the city that never sleeps in 53. Was that Giants Chicago? in 56 with Rock Hudson, wow. Elizabeth Taylor, and James yeah, Dean. James Dean. Best Supporting Actress in Davy Crockett's The Alamo. Check this out, man. This is, okay, Wills was nominated for Academy Award for Best Supporting Actor in his role in Davy Crockett's companion beekeeper film, The Alamo, 1960. 
However, his aggressive campaign to win the award was considered tasteless. What? Really? Star's director and producer, John Wayne, who publicly apologized for Willis. What the fuck? There's no such thing as bad publicity. There's no such thing as tactlessness in Hollywood. They had to single this guy out? It must have been really awful. His publicity agent sort of fell on his sword. His name was Bow Wow Wojowski or something. He accepted blame for the ill-advised effort, claiming that Wills knew nothing about it. I got to read up about this. I want to find out this offensive Oscar campaign. He lost to Peter uh, Ustinov and Spartacus anyway. Well, that's interesting. He would have lost anyway. I don't know. They're kind of schooling him here. Should we do Chill Wills or should we do Spartacus? I don't know. Who should win best? Chill Wills or fucking Spartacus guy? So now the mule talking is really coming out. Are they going to discover that he does talk? Like, are they they are. They are. Okay, so now that he's admitted that a mule talks, he's been institutionalized and he's no longer commander of the platoon. I hate when that happens. Uh-oh. Now, Chill Wills was a poker player. He was close friends of Benny Binion, the founder of the World Series of Poker. Binion, yeah. And a guy who owned the Horseshoe Casino in Vegas. Wills participated sure. in the first poker world series held in 1907 and is seated in the center of the famous picture with a number of legendary players oh who doyle the guy who wrote uh doyle's Doyle's rules doyle's rules right you know what i'm talking about according to doyle was his book no hoyle with an h no but there's a poker player with doyle and he had a book according to doyle like super superstar poker like he had this big ass thick book on how to play poker do you think Chilwell's knew Gabe Kaplan back in the day? No, I think that was 76. And here yeah. we're talking about, well, probably when it came around. No, I'm, that wasn't 76 because that was his fame in Welcome Back, Cotter. I think he became a poker player much later. Yeah, maybe after maybe after Fast Break, after all the Gabe Kaplan movies dried up. Um, appear, he had, Chill Wills had made appearances on behalf of Barry Goldwater, Republican Whoa. nominee against Lyndon Johnson. Later in 68, he refused to support Richard Nixon. Uh, oh, yeah. Cause... Master of Ceremonies for George Wallace. George Wallace? Yeah, governor of Alabama. I don't know about this Nixon guy. He's too much of a radical. I'm just going to stick with my George Wallace's. <laughs> yeah. The South shall rise and segregation forever. Wills is amongst the few Hollywood celebrities to endorse Wallace and bid against Nixon and Hubert Humphrey. That's so nuts. He was also a singer in the Avalon Boys Quartet. That was a that's how he started his fame. You could clearly hear his voice, I'm sure. It's like these angelic voices, and then there's a dog chill. Yeah, he's yeah. probably the bass. He provided the deep voice for Stan Laurel's performance of The Trail of Lonesome Pine. Oh. In way okay. out west in 37 in which the Avalon Boys Quartet appeared. So he comes from a lot of fame. Yeah, you got something on your face right there. 
you didn't shave this morning, did you? I didn't shave this morning. Now look, he's, she's saying, I heard the mule. It's real. It's true. The mule fucking talks. You serious? So they're going to hey. say ventriloquism. You know, I have another Clint Eastwood connection. Okay. He started in a movie called The Mule. Okay. And he was in France's choice the Navy, and Francis was a mule. You still never seen the outlaw Josie Wales or Pale You've Rider. Never seen uh, uh, the good, the bad, and the ugly. No, I've seen the good, the bad, and the ugly. I've seen those. The, I've seen the entire trilogy. For you did? Yeah, years ago. I for saw a few in the dollars more. You saw that? Yeah, uh, yeah. It was. Uh, it starts off with wow, and then for a few dollars, check out this movie, and then the sequel for a few dollars more. I've seen all three. I've seen I've seen the, the good, the bad, and the ugly trilogy. I have. What color I have. did they paint the town in for a few dollars more? Uh, I know they paint the wagon. That's a different movie. You did movie. not see these films. Of course I've seen these films. Listen, I saw the good, the bad, and the ugly in London 30 years ago with this fucking great sound system. They played okay. the do-do-do, like you could hear it in the back and on the side. Wah-wah-wah. It was really cool. No, I saw that on TV. I saw Lawrence of Arabia in that theater, and they played the music okay. beforehand. But I've seen The Good, The Bad, The Ugly. Eli Wallace is great in that movie. I think you need to see it again. Did you see Pale Rider? No, I haven't seen Pale I don't see anything directed by Clint Eastwood. That's Last a mistake. One, I saw Cry Macho. That's a mistake. Oh, you got to Cry Macho. does not count. That's like contemporary. We're they should be Cry Francis, where this boy brings his donkey <laughs> everywhere. They do donkey fights. There's no donkey fights in this movie, right? They don't uh, like. No, there's they no. They don't put razor fight. blades on his paw and they put him in the center. <laughs> no, they don't even shoe his his feet. Donkeys. Now they're suspecting ventriloquism. That's a, a perfectly logical explanation. Now here comes the general making a big show of his troops arriving to compete with the camouflage ladies. About the Batmobile. Oh, way to go! This is nothing shows uh, respect than bringing yeah. your fucking golf club. He's in the club. Look, all the press are there. That's Francis's voice. Yes, it is. And what he's saying is. When they fail today, the wax will be in their place. They'll be secretary pool kind of people. They'll be kitchen patrol. They'll be cleaning up, you know. Right. It's ridiculous to think that they could compete with the men in any sort of military operation. Like when a man needs to put a beer down, they'll be there with the coaster. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the guy has the voice of uh, the, the mule. You, so, yeah, so she gets shocked. Oh, I'm sorry. I thought you were a mule. What? I thought you were a talking ass. This is the second time this has happened to me. What the fuck? Where's my sound? Don't do that again. I mean Lieutenant Sterling. Oh, Sterling. Yes, I met him and his mule. What do you mean the animal talks? What, what do you mean the animal talks? He sounds like me. That's preposterous. <laughs> Well, they never really say, and sounds like me. Everybody's just supposed to hear that. 
Uh, right. Well, he does. I mean, Donald hears it immediately, for, uh, Sterling. And I guess the other woman who's heard the, the mule talk kind of picked up on it, too. And I think by the fifth one, everyone knows it was his voice. You know, everyone who went to the theater to see him that see it that night knew the backstory of he was the voice. My brother gave me a DVD compilation of Bosom Buddies. I think uh -huh. it's the first season, but the the first and second season, the first season, the girls didn't know that they were dressed up as women to, right. to, to stay there, and then the second season, they all the women knew that they were dressed up as women. They they let it slide. So it's like in this movie, like, do they know the donkey pox? Um, yes, they they each one at a time find out, including the general. Yeah. And now they're going to go into the psych ward and see see this talking donkey. Is, did they realize that he was not brought in by the the general? It's just it was a computer error. Yeah, they well they don't know it's a computer error, but they do because the general is so oblivious. What are you talking about? They just let they drop it. They drop their accusation. Can you do you remember a storyline from Mister Ed? Like Wilbur gets in. I don't remember any like. What storyline with a talking horse can you fucking do? I don't remember any storyline. I do remember watching the show in reruns. I yeah. do remember it was always he was in the stable, and and the 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 man would be like, "You're causing trouble for me in the real world again. You can handle it, Burr Wilbur." Wilbur, what did I do? I've been in the stable for the last twenty two minutes. Okay, so I don't know if it's so funny, but why don't we listen? Sure. Oh, well, this is the money shot. The voice shot. So you're the talking you, huh? All right. Talk it up. This is all utter nonsense. What do you mean, utter nonsense? <laughs> Same voice. <laughs> what, did you ladies hear something? We heard you, General. No, you didn't. You heard the mule. I heard you talk. So did I. Me? It was the mule. Mule. Did you say something? <laughs> Come on. Speak up. Are you giving me permission to sound off, sir? Oh, they sound too. Permission granted. Sound off. Well, to start with, you're a narrow-minded, <laughs> funny duck. You're the ass. You probably think the top brass is the machinery that runs this man's army. Horse feathers. Now you take these wings. Everyone knows that women are here to stay, but not you. I didn't know that. You got the idea. They're in the service just to keep your memo circulating. This is the most ridiculous... I will not be dressed down by a talking mule. Right. Especially when I'm doing the talking. See, ah, there, there's your answer to it. He was simply doing, throwing his voice. That's right. like a ventriloquist, Dick. I will now throw my voice while smoking and drinking. Okay. And now while I smoke. You just want the box to be. Wow. Just a fair movement. Who's saying that? In the typing pool. <laughs> now I will suck Charlie McCarthy's dick while throwing my voice. 
someone hears the mule and thinks they're crazy, they're doing that like mud painting. I don't know. Not stereotypical of being crazy. They don't do that James Bond thing where someone is drinking and then sees a talking mule and then looks at his drink and throws it away. Right. Throws it over his... Yeah. I never get tired of that. There's a flying coffin down the down the uh, Venice canals. Oh, I got to stop drinking. Yeah, that's right. right. Car flies over a bridge. Oh, I better stop drinking. But I think that was Roger Moore and Gold... And gold uh... There was one in which they had the speedboat and the, and yeah. the, the free your eyes only around that time, I think. Yeah. And and the 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 the, the Jackie Gleason wannabe sheriff was chasing him the whole way and he couldn't arrest him in the end. He goes, This here boy is working with our with our CIA. He goes, What? <laughs> Throw him in the clink. Now, now he's from England now. And and they sent him over here to help our boys out. This is outrageous. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. Oh yeah. Well, they would always be. Uh... I gotta now they can again. see it's not ventri. She captain can see um, uh, that it is not ventriloquism at all. It's real. Oh, and it's a, it's you know the best thing could happen to you. Don't answer that. Lose those captain bars for a couple hours. Act like a woman. Break a few rules. You like it, don't you? Yeah. You want to believe that he's on your side? Yeah. Yeah. Well, he is. What's more, he could help this operation. He could pull that second producer so, under the line again. He's getting convinced to break him out of the loony bin, put him back on platoon two, because they're fucking up. And the... They'll be get back into shape if he's their leader again, and they can win this camouflage thing. You would figure the storyline would be that the women take over and everything's better. Uh, I, I don't know. No, I don't know. I, I this point think, well, I mean, this film shows that the wax are just as capable as as the man's army yeah um bill burr did that in the comedy special he was saying that um all studies show women are smarter than men like all yeah so he's like then why are you in this condition that you're in stop blaming us <laughs> you got the brains i should check that out okay now it's like we're gonna break him out of here and Sasha's like, this is against regulation. And then he's going to kiss her, and she flips. Oh, she'll change her mind? Yeah. Does he remember her from the first movie? No. Oh, that's a kiss. He goes, how can I help? <laughs> Look how she holds her hands. and Oh, she's, she's great. Character. Yeah. Zazu Pitts. It's one of the greatest names out there. Yep. She goes, okay, take off your clothes. What? Yeah, I want, you know, I want um, Sterling to wear them. And Sterling goes, what? Wait a minute, really? But there's going to be a, they're going to, he's, she's going to switch into the nurse's outfit and just walk out of there as the nurse. But then there's a problem. His hair. 
they need a wig or something. Right, of course. Yeah, it makes perfect sense. Who wrote this screenplay? A mule? <laughs> makes no sense. It took four people to write this screenplay. Wow. Well, Listen, Francis would, would never say this. This is shit. This is not real. This is not, this doesn't hold true to the character. He would never say this. I sounded like an, oh, he sounds like an ass. Let's, he would not say this. So the joke here is he doesn't know how to put on a dress. He's never done it before. Oh, there's a horse by the, a mule by the window. Right. It's just so happy there's always windows. Clip, clop, clip, clop, clip, clip clop. clop. Next window. Nay. Oh, that's the horse. They forgot the hat, I think. Oh, look, it's one of those iPhone charger lamps. He, she thinks it's the general seeing her naked. Right. Right, because he sounds like the general, but it's never really. Oh, it's a talking mule. A talking mule? And it's not explained why in the world he would sound like the general. Just a coincidence, I guess. It, they're having fun with that, but it doesn't make any sense. Right. It doesn't make any sense that he would know that the computer messed up. And well, like I told you, the general's going to get a, not making a joke, his voice is going to get hoarse. And I, I've watched this movie, this is my fourth time, and I, wow. the other three times I watched that, I never caught what made his voice hoarse. They jump into this puddle. I'll show you when we get there. Carl, we just picked this movie a couple of days ago. You've seen, this is a, you've seen it for that many times already? Three times. Wow. I saw it the day you told me about it, and then I saw it last night, and then I Took one of my long-ass walks today and watched it while I was going around the block. Here is what they're going to use for the wig. Oh. oh. Doing it for the cause. Every movie, I have to get my tail clip. You need a wig. Who's going to sweep this floor? Well, I don't. This guitar has no strings. Every movie. So here comes him as the nurse. Oh, he's got horse hair, a mule hair. Oh, that must smell. Is the hair like swatting flies? <laughs> turn it up, turn it up. Lieutenant Sterling is not to be disturbed. Yes, keep it up, keep it up. Whatever you're thinking, Corporal, is not true. Okay, that's good. Because she goes, whatever you're thinking, it's not true. Because, you know, she's coming yeah, out, she's out. disheveled. She was in a room with the man. I get it. So a guy did probably not inspiring speech. Whatever you think was not true. Oh, I thought I saw Donald O'Connor with a mule hair walk out dressed. Not true. Not, not true. true. Listen to her uninspiring. Up, oh, maybe it's over. That's oh, ambient noise. Oh, it's a crowd noise. Crowd noise in the fifties. Fifties crowd noise. Okay, what's that? You sprung him loose. This is blah, my blah, fault, blah. Major. Oh, yeah. What's the meaning of this? I'm responsible, Major. But you see, I thought the urgency was so great, but that was some time to go. So I, know, 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 know. I believe that Lieutenant Sterling can help us. You Marvin, Marvin. The, the background Marvin. noise. Oh, I'll be in background no. noise. No Marvin garbage. No Marvin garbage. And he still is in the whack. He'd better come through for us tomorrow, and he'll never get out of the whack. So she agrees to it. 
Get out of the wax. <laughs> All right. Oh, so we'll never see him in this stupid outfit again. Right. That's right. And and uh, Francis is missing his ass hair. Donald O'Connor's contract with Universal had expired, and so there was like a little doubt if he would do this role again. But he agreed to make another film. He enjoyed making these films. And he said it was hard because he had to act serious so everyone would believe that the mule right. was talking. I don't think it's so hard, but... Well, you want to be in on the joke, like, oh, I can't believe this, can you? But no, you got to play it straight. The only way it's exactly. going to work. Shakespeare did that a lot. Oh, so this is the big war game. Yeah, this is the big war game, and the women have to stay camouflaged and not get caught by the men. I think I've seen movies where they had war games like this. Like, the end of the movie like was... Like, war games. Yeah, right. I'm trying to think of a movie that had war games in it. War yeah. games? There, there was this one movie. It was, like, Navy versus... What was that movie? Uh... There was a famous one. Yeah. Where they kind of screw up at the end or something like that. What about Stripes? The movie Stripes. Didn't they also do this trick where they had competing teams? No, they no, they had to really go break out. They had to go into uh, East Germany and break out. There Shall were captured soldiers, remember? Yeah, you're right. Sergeant Hulka was boots on the ground for that one. He... Uh, Oh, yeah, that's right. Sergeant Holka, who we love, Warren Oates from many yes, things right. that we've seen. I guess he, Chill Wills, has a Warren Oates vibe to him, like a lightweight Oates. You know what? Warren Oates is much better. He's got presence. He's Oh, he's got presence. He's got depth. He really hates humanity. Yeah. He <laughs> was great in The Cockfighter. He yeah. was great in that movie with Jodie Foster. No. Oh, no. Uh, it wasn't Jodie Foster. It was yeah. Christy McNichol, right? Christy McNichol. He was great movie. in 96 in the shade. 94 yeah. in the shade. 92 72? in the shade. 72 in the shade. 72. That'd be a little chilly for Florida. Chill wills. Now, look, they're just walking right past all the... All the chicks. Right. Look, you wouldn't—you wouldn't even notice a beautiful woman if you tripped over her. Well, I'd notice if I saw her bush. Her bush is on display. <laughs> oh, your bush is all green. <coughs> bush, <coughs> bush showing. <coughs> oh, thank you. I was so embarrassed. Your bush is showing. Oh gosh. So they're analyzing the photos they've taken and saying, "No, I don't see any. I don't see." He goes, "Well, what's that right there?" Who goes, "Well, that's your bunker, General." Oh. So they're they're so far beating the men. They're staying hidden. Right, they're, they're right there. Go. Okay, now we'll have um, yokels. Yeah, and one of them is our sexy, pretending to be the sister. Well, he's faking the banjo, but he's doing a good good job. Of it. That's Mamie Van Doren again. <laughs> That's a great, that's a great dress you're wearing. Wow, so that works up. It says the best of the West. That's her butt. Right, but it's a sugar shack. It's a sugar bag. Right, right. Yeah. Uh, they're being hicks. Right. 
where did the wax go? Uh, they went this way, that way. You see the fence there, right? Yeah. Okay, watch. Camouflage! Oh. Well, I guess it's nothing. This is an expression no one does in real life. Watch, you go, huh? Oh well. Oh well. Never noticed that, but that's always in the movies. But it never happens in real life that you say to yourself, huh? I don't know. I don't know. Shrug it off. Shrug it off. Yeah. Oh, hey, Carl. You passed me a joint, right? I'm like, I don't know. Do you have COVID? That doesn't matter, huh? I'll smoke it. Oh well. Oh well. Hey, I dropped this hot dog on the ground. Eh. My well. friend Andrew Rich will not smoke a bowl with you. He he says, you know, he you have to bring your own paraphernalia so that I respect him. I respect yeah, him. But what happens if you get it, Mike? You get sick. You get a little sick, right? They, all these stories about people are dying and respirators. No, 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 no. It's what nothing like that. It it's, just, it's just there was a time where you would smoke a bowl and it was this hot is this compassionate thing where you share it's not like right? cocaine and then it's like well i don't want to put my fucking lips on on a joint that you just smoked fuck this shit <laughs> if you want to get high bring your own pipe it's not like he's not getting not offering his weed he's just saying i don't want to share my pipe with you oh no no it's perfectly cool it's perfectly cool as a matter of fact the day i got covid I texted him because I hung out with him the night before. And right I said, on. I have COVID. And he goes, damn. <laughs> but he didn't have it. He didn't have it. Because you guys didn't share a pipe. I don't know. We were at the same open mic together. And no, we didn't. You're right. You're right. We didn't. But I don't know that that's like, I, I don't know when I got it, when I was contagious. I just know where I got it. If you know, a friend of ours from the show, uh, he got COVID and he was like, I think it's because I was smoking pot with the comics after, after a, mm -hmm. a show. Because the next day I got a headache. Oh no, I'm sure okay, it takes so a couple days. There's their radio. And oh no. It's cool. It's cool. They put it out right away. It's just a distraction. So he sets the radio down. Oh, I see. And here he's going to take the radio. Now he's in a camouflage tree stump. Once again, it's going to move, and the soldier's going to shrug it off. Oh, I thought it was over there. Guess it's over here. Oh, who knows? How does how do they get the props? Like, I is know. there a prop department? It's very weak. Well, I mean, like we watched plenty of like Bugs Bunny, where he pulls shit out. Like the whole point of Bugs Bunny is that he just goes off state off frame and pulls whatever out. But you right? can do that in a in a cartoon. Before CGI, you could not do shit like that. Yeah. Okay, so now he's got the wrong walkie-talkie. They can hear the orders that the men are being given. And because the donkey sounds like the general, he's going to start giving wrong orders. Okay, my head just exploded. This is like when Jack and Jill, when Jack dresses up as Jill, even <laughs> though Adam Sandler's dressing up as Jill anyway. I got to tell you, that movie was great and shit it was great and i shit. i, I, I think maybe historians will be talking about jack and jill for the next decade okay but when when adam sandler put on the dress and said i'm jill it was right. such bullshit but do you remember when al pacino got the there was someone had their cell phone in the audience and he fucking freaked on them you remember that but then later 
the cell phone rings again in the, in the next night, and he's ready to fucking beat the shit. And he goes, oh, it, it's me. It's me. And he takes the call on stage. Well, he's terrific in that movie. Al Pacino, like when he does a three-minute Dunkin' Donuts commercial. Do, uh, do you remember when he was pretending he knew a foreign language, so he said to the servant, the fuck? I know. I thought I was watching Scarface. I thought I was watching Godfather. The way he gibberish in another language. So even though that movie was crap, at the same time, there were so many hilarious segments in there. You, and, I, I, and a lot of it is Al Pacino. I mean, I call attention to it because the premise is that they have this guy, you know, dressed up as, as his sister, and they spend a lot of Hollywood money to make the effects right. But in the movie itself, he decides to use makeup to disguise himself as a sister right so it's like saying you're paying money for this effect and now they're calling this is a plot point too it's always right, strange right. when that happened it's like uh theodore rex right the movie that we can't watch the movie yeah, Goldberg. We could. The, he's kind of a puppet and at one point like he's literally talking to a, a puppet animal out of a bag and i'm like yeah that's <laughs> all you guys do is puppets might as well have more puppets in it but it, it was perfect the way that Adam Sandler dressed up as his sister because it was so obvious before and now right. it's obvious now, but it's plot point obvious. It, is, it became plot point obvious. It's It was a weird move, a weird flex. I mean, I, I agree with you. It's it's not the worst Adam Sandler movie. I mean, even his worst movies like... Uh, I just wish that movie was great all the way. I wish you could go back in time and say to Adam Sandler, you got to do something other than a girl voice. You know, you got to oh, do Pacino, something. Pacino does, gives that extra. That whole, like, Al Pacino, yeah. Frappuccino song. It's just so... Uh, yeah, um, Don Cacino. Don Cacino. I'm Don Cacino. Yeah. yeah, I think there's, like, a Instagram or a Twitter account where every day they do a different version of that song. Like, they, <laughs> they tweak that song. Yeah, okay. it's a so, wow. Look at these the rocks. Yeah, it's like you were talking about the props. So now they're gonna sort of smoke bomb. Oh, there's our sexy, sexy yes, star. Hey, Mamie. She really isn't so sexy in this thing. She does sexual things. Well, I mean, again, like she didn't want to be in this movie. She just does the best she can to get out of there. Yeah, to, she uh, really, really did not want to be in this film, but it was a contract. We we like Jane Mansfield. We watched the James Mansfield story of the TV movie with Lonnie Anderson and, right. and uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger as uh, the bodybuilder boy, husband. And then yes. uh, we saw the weird, wonderful world of Jane Mansfield, that right. creepy exploitation film they did after her death. Yep. Yeah. Great Great series of episodes we did there. It was really Oh, and she was in The Fat Spy. I remember The Fat Spy. I think I James Mansfield. The Spy with or... the big nose. Was, which one was the one in which they were in a submarine, he goes ashore? Yeah, right. And there was like some kind That's of island. Probably was... Spy with the big nose. Fat Spy was with Phyllis Diller. Yeah. and he, okay. Okay. I do remember the other one you're talking about. I don't know the title. Probably going back two years or more. Because that was pre-COVID for sure. Right, I remember that. Okay, guys, give them hell. All right, girls, give them heck. 
<laughs> and they got their grenades. Oh. Oh, they throw like a girl. You throw like a girl. Yeah, when it comes to throwing hand grenades at me, you throw like a girl. Can you stop it? Also, yeah, stop throwing grenades. This is the final push in which they're getting away because it's all smoky. Oh, look. He found one. She's uh, it's obviously camouflage. Got gotcha. it. Oh. Well, we're That's one thing I love about Mr. Ed. It's just he was so dismissive like the way he says Wilbur, like could express so many different ways. Yes. When he's happy, Wilbur. When he's dissing Wilbur. So the donkey pulled the rock with the rope, so it was fake. And then this guy jumps on a real rock and hurts his stomach. He sued the, the mule, didn't he, after the games was over? <laughs> yes. Okay, now, this is the scene in which somehow, like, the general's going to walk away from the scene with a sore throat, with a hoarse voice. And I don't see why. Oh, let's now, get the, the sound print. Sounding like the general, the donkey's behind him, and he's going to order his men to jump into the water. Well, don't stand there, men. Jump, jump. Yes, general. Yes, sir. What? what? A living nightmare. Who's giving orders around here? Answer, what's wrong? What's wrong? Have you gone crazy? Don't stand there. Jump, jump. Yes, All right, sir. Captain, with your men. Wow, good, good thing they missed the other guys. Now, I don't know if it's funny or not, but the general almost follows his own order and jumps. Who said that? Stop it, me. Payment general on that Burma bridge account. See you at Point Baker when the ladies win. Yes, sir. So, when they were in Burma together, the... It was Francis refused to go on the bridge because he could see it was about to collapse. And the, that's a recurring gag in the film. The general goes, I had a mule like that. He was a complete idiot. He wouldn't walk us across the bridge. And then it collapsed. And I don't know. We get. I haven't mentioned it till now because it's not the greatest callback. But Right, yeah. Needs a better callback. Like he steps in donkey shit. In the beginning of the movie and then at the end of the movie. So Zaza Pitts goes, here, General, You would you like some aspirin? And she goes, he goes, no, what for? And she's like, you're going to need it. So it's like, there's no sign of the women, General. Good. We're obviously beating them. If right. sign of them. There's no sign. There's just 16 bushes, four rocks by the finish line. But other than that, no women. Turn it up because he's like, you might as well give up now, Major. You may as well know this. Your girls are on their own now. That uh, little male wife has been disqualified by now. There are still two minutes left. Yeah. Do you mind if I hold that much longer? Two minutes. Two minutes. Mule! Where's the where's Sterling? Did you disqualify him? No, sir. We finally caught up with this jackass, sir, but there was no sign of a lieutenant or anyone else. No, I don't need. Who's not? 
There's one of them within miles of us. You want to bet? Who said that? You, by you did. No, right? Ew, crusty donkey eye. Wah, wah. Leave the mule with me. Hey, Buster. Are you looking for uh, speakers? Yeah, like how? Who? What's making the voice? It's gotta be a fake. It's from Russia. It's a, a Moscow it's mule. Oh, bless you, lose his voice. Now look, now he's getting hoarse. Now you know what you lost, Carol Kay. Look. Now why is he going to get hoarse? Now look who's coming. I don't you know, believe it. Wah, wah. Women, what t-shirts? Oh, God. <laughs> it's not a contest. Oh, it's not? I just bought a beer. Yay, look at there they are. Hee hee. Now the donkey's rubbing it in. You suck. You should kill yourself. <laughs> now <laughs> this look, is for your horse voice. Jaja Pitts giving you're gonna need aspirin now. So they're like, the you're why? Why is this voice horse? I never it's weird, that's strange, yeah. Now, what happens is he gets up to give a speech, and the horse basically gives the speech for him. I um, saw it on NTV, WNTV. What? I, I saw the speech on WNTV. Now, look, he's not moving his mouth, and people are right close to him. Yeah. Now look, he's unplugged. <laughs> Who did that? Is there a hoof mark by it? <laughs> and so he's comp WNTV. W no, it's WNTV. WNTV. So it's basically saying, I respect the wax, and they're the, you know, I have to admit defeat. And Well, all the kids in the audience were like, yay. Hooray! Sound, sound in this movie is so fucking basic. Give yeah. me some hooray sound effects. I quit the talking real movies. So now he's been institutionalized because he's talking about a talking mule. I've wow, never had a general before. What what a coincidence. We just had a patient in here yesterday who saw a talking mule and everyone else was talking about a talking mule and there he is in your window. Yep, and we're wrapping up our film. Oh, salute the tail. <laughs> Which was snipped before a wig, right? Right. They don't play it's that fine to me. I can't believe it's over, Carl. Wow, time has flown. I just, I just felt like just 90 minutes ago we started. What we gratefully acknowledge the cooperation, the Women's Army Corps, and the of the United States Army. That is whack, man. <laughs> it is whack. The Women's Army Corps, they're whack. That's whack. 
Everyone knows that's whack. Zazu Valerie Humpet. Cheers. Well, Carl, what you think of this movie? I enjoyed it. Uh, it's not a good film, but I enjoyed it anyway. Uh, it's typical classics of your style that we're not watching the first one. We're watching the fifth one. We're watching the fifth one, right. right and it's right in the middle. Uh, Again, it's because the, the voice of the uh, donkey is also a, plays an actor. I thought that was weird enough. And... Uh, uh, and that they had like it was a ladies thing. Like he has to he crashes a ladies uh, army. Yeah, and there was no romance. And I credit the film for that because that's the obvious thing. Like in the beginning, there's a whack who's against him, and he doesn't like her. And then by the end, they're kissing. You know? No, yeah. Do you think it's because it's a kids movie first and foremost that they're just gonna skip the romance? I guess so. But they did a lot of sex stuff. You know, right. I don't think it was, uh, they gave, they did a lot of sex stuff, so. I can't find, so we both like this movie and uh, I don't know, my, I'm eventually going to have to watch the other four beforehand and then these two that followed. I don't find a trailer for Speak Easily. I find the full film. Right, yeah, and I see that it was reviewed by Zombie Toad. Does that mean we shouldn't uh, do it? Years. Is that a prominent? Yes, um, Zombie Toad did a uh, two-minute review 13 years ago, so I think that might cross. Oh, but Mike, we do something different. We watch the whole film. We're watching the whole movie. Of course. And no, we're fine. We're good. Oh, I should mention, Carl, um, there is Giant Bomb, which is a big deal gaming podcast empire. Okay. They just watched, uh, they did a watch along for The Terminator. Oh, interesting. Yeah, which we did uh, a couple years get ago. Along, get away with that because of copyright. Well, they don't care. There's, you know, they're younger. They're younger than us. They so just go ahead and do it. So, okay. yeah. Yeah. So, if you guys want to check out another, because uh, we did the Terminator. We did it as a special show. Right. It's not and... on YouTube because if you didn't want to risk copyright. And the only way you can get that on YouTube is to be part of our Patreon, which doesn't exist. Right. Yeah. We That's actually pay awesome. you. To, to make sure that we don't have a Patreon. Yeah, we'll pay, you. We'll pay you if you will watch this Terminator, please. You gotta yeah. watch the whole thing, though. All right. Well, we want to watch next week. As we mentioned, we're gonna watch the Buster Keaton Jimmy Durante pairing, "Speak Easily" from 1932. As Carl mentioned, we don't have a real trailer for it. We have several versions uh, available, and we'll definitely watch one. Well, here, I'll do a trailer for you. Ready? RKO Radio Pictures presents a radio picture. Oh, it's universal, right? Hey, the guys who hold the contract to Buster Keaton has a Buster Keaton movie. Is it really 1932? Because how could how could O'Connell O'Connor be in it? No, 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 no. He's not in this one. Speak easily is Buster Keaton. And Jimmy Durante. Okay, so it's a speak. It's a speaker. It's a yeah. It's they did. It's a prohibition pun. They speak easily. Yeah. Uh, so here I'll I'll play the trailer for you. Universal Studios presents Hot Shot Jimmy Durante. Hot cha cha. Oh, Mrs. Durante, I'll I'll see you later, you old broad. And 
that guy who's hanging out of the studio, Buster Keaton. <laughs> yeah. yeah. He opens the window. Buster! Come on yeah, in. Yeah, Buster, come on in. Huh? Well, uh, that's... Did you take a shower before we... Where? Where am I going to take a shower? I live in a van. <laughs> By the gate. You know, that's funny. Like, he should go up and, like, not talk because he's a silent star. I wish yeah. he does in these movies. He does, He speaks in a manner that will take you and want you to flush your head down the toilet. <laughs> I will get that joke after I see this film because... He has a weird talking voice. Yeah. Yeah, it's just like you want... So we're going to watch it. At what No Beer is the one I like. It's not on the YouTube, so... Fortunately, him and Jimmy did a bunch of movies together, including Speak Easily from 1932. That'll be our movie next week. So, as always, we are streaming on the Muni Radio, so check us out next Sunday at 2 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. Subscribe to our podcast at L-W-A-F-L-M-O-Y-T, and you can get the audio every Sunday night, or subscribe to the YouTube channel, same acronym, L-W-A-F-L-M-O-Y-T, where Carl will sync the movie and the podcast. Carl, anything you'd like to promote? And you do so much work on this. I, I would love to give carlsucks.com. That's carlsucks.com. Find out what's going on with me. Sounds good. And I have nothing going on, so there's nothing to worry about. We'll see you guys next Sunday. Bye. Let's watch Uh, thank you very much. Uh, this is Watch if you want to, you can slap Spiegelman's behind. L-W-A-F-L-M-N-O-Y-T on Mutiny Radio. Mutiny. Mutiny! It's pronounced mutiny. Mutiny! No, it's, it's pronounced mutiny. Mutiny! Oh, my turn-offs are guys who say mutiny. Mutiny? Well, let's watch a full-length movie on YouTube with Mike Spiegelman. Mike Spiegelman, oh Mike Spiegelman, Mike Spiegelman, Mike Spiegelman, Hey, welcome to L W A F L M O Y T. Let's watch a full-length movie on YouTube with Mike Spiegelman and Carl. What's up, Carl? How are you, man? What's up, Mike? Good to see you, hey. dude. Here. We are streaming right now on mutinyradio.fm where we stream <laughs> first.
It's an audio recording. It's on an internet radio station here in San Francisco. Check it out. MutinyRadio.fm. Every Sunday at 2 p.m., our show goes out first. Then we're also a podcast with our acronym L-W-A-F-L-M-O-Y-T. And we're also on YouTube right now. As the kids say, we're going to watch a full-length movie on YouTube. I'm here with Carl. How's it going? Good, good. Mike, what is the movie we'll be watching today? Well, today we're going to be watching a film from 1980. It's called I Go Pogo. I Go Pogo. And I'm you're ready asking to do a Pogo. Me. Now, Carl, you are a superstar. You're the reason why this show exists, the theme song, the production, the interview that we're coming up. And oh. you usually research the film, but today we're doing a switcheroo. I researched this film. I watched this film. I've got some notes on it. We're going to watch this film together. So here's the yeah. premise. We want you to go to YouTube. We want you to find I Go Pogo from 1980. It's going to be hosted by a guy named Joe Foreman, F-O-U-R-H-M-A-N. Find that link. It's the only full-length version of this movie and one to go. Yeah. Uh, go Joe ahead and Foreman. hit play. Joe Foreman. Not George Foreman, as we discussed earlier. Right. And then we and want you to... Click it's the link. You are like the number, right? Don't you want to right. dwell on that for a second? It's a little weird. Yeah, it's a little weird, huh? All right. 4 H man. Dwelling. Maybe he's into 4 H. We'll have to ask him. Okay. Because well, he's 4 H man. DM. Yeah. Uh, okay. Well, enough about Joe. We want you to hit the link, hit pause, move the timer to zero, zero, zero. When you hear go, we're all going to press it and we're going to watch the movie at the same time so if you're listening you'll be watching with the sound off if you're on the youtube we will sync up the we will show the video in fact i'm going to go right now to the video so while i get things set up and while you get things set up we have a special celebrity comedian carl interviewed going to talk a little bit about their art then they're going to do the celebrity comedian countdown and when that comedian says go hit go and we'll be back and we'll start the movie all right carl take it away Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome back to Celebrity Comedian Countdown, this time with Liam Wolf. Welcome, Liam. Thank you for having me on, Carl. Thank you for having me on. It's always a pleasure. Now, Liam, we see each other out there on the comedy scene. Mostly it's open mics, but I know you're all over these shows. You know, I see you on these posters. You're down at Uncle Vinny's. Ugly Pancake is, uh, Productions is booking you all the time. Tell me. How long have you been doing comedy, and what got you started? Um, so I'm, if I can remember correctly, I think by this September it's going to be five years. It's going to wow. be five years of comedy. Um, it's either five or four. Sometimes I don't count the COVID year, but <laughs> sometimes it's always sense. in there. But um, I started back uh, 2018, um, uh, like right near the tail end of it over in the Asbury Park scene when that was growing, when that was still going on. Um, and just, it was sort of like, I just got out of like some really awful stuff in my life. And I was like, mm-hmm. you know what? Why not, why not stick my foot right into comedy? I ran into, I ran into Richard Dweck, uh, uh-huh. the man, the myth, the legend at a, yeah. at a bar. And uh, they were doing like a comedy night there. And I was like, man, I could probably do this. And the first year I was awful. But, you know, but I had the ego that I was like, no, I'm doing great. I'm awesome. (laughs) I'm the best. And it wasn't until, like, I guess the post-COVID years where, like, I started to at least get my 
get my grind in and get mm-hmm. the work in place and sort of figure out all the all the integral little like small small stuff like you know you know finding your voice and like setting up your punchlines and getting everything accurate enough so that um you know i i'm pretty confident in my own abilities now as opposed yeah. to before you know well if you make me laugh that is for sure now you just mentioned asbury park I think of you as like a Central Jersey comedian. Is that fair? Do you consider yourself a South Jersey comedian? How do you look at it? No, I, I consider myself a short comic. A short mm-hmm. comic. A uh, short comic. Yeah, you know, because like Central Jersey, I always think of that as like Trenton and like that area. Um, but I'm over by like you know you know uh, Atlantic Highlands and mm-hmm. uh, you know Sandy Hook. Yeah. And, uh, you know, see bright in that area. So it's a lot more beachy, a lot more fun. Um, and that's sort of more of where I sort of identify, identify myself as. Um, but like, you know, also too, like Brunswick's also technically like on the border. Yeah, so it really is sort of central Jersey. And there's, uh, that Mike, is it on tonight? Uh, well, I believe tonight is Kyle's turn. So yeah, it's sort of like an interchangeable, like, uh, partnership thing between uh, Tiz Irie and myself and uh, Kyle Colorado, whose mic's going on tonight uh, yeah. at the uh, George Street Co-op, which is always a blast. It's always a banker. Now, I see you hosting more and more their poems and punchlines. I guess, I mean, are you doing it just to get your chops? Do you really enjoy hosting? Um, it's a, it's a mix of, it's a mix of, of you know getting my chops in getting my time in uh getting the grind in and um also just that scene is also so so amazing and so fulfilling like you could you could seriously just go down there and there's always an audience there willing to listen and laugh if it's worthwhile um so it's always a blast to go down there um and also too like you know i've i've gotten told multiple times that like people are like yeah you're like the best host in the scene right now right, and i'm like look right. i get it i get it i yell a lot i get it i get people's attention I get it. but like you know it, it also gets my confidence going anyway what's up you have a podcast very similar to ours it's a movie podcast in which you're riffing and talking and it's called bombed with exclamation point bombed exclamation point tell us about this podcast yeah, so it's a uh, movie comedy podcast, Bombed. Uh, you can find it wherever podcasts are held hostage, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, mm-hmm. Stitcher, what have you. And um, it's technically like a, we select a movie, we sit down, we've watched it before we get on the mics. Uh, we take a hell of a lot of notes and we go into sort of like how it was made, who are the people behind it, who are the key figures, what happened that caused this movie to be absolutely like destroyed in the box office? <laughs> Cause sometimes it's like scheduling conflicts, but other times you get like the dirty drama, you get yeah. the good stuff. You get like recently we just re- were working on a recording of uh, Paul Schrader's the canyons, which uh-huh. is one of the most one really bad one where Paul Schrader and Brett Easton Ellis worked with like a post rehab Lindsay Lohan, who yeah. was just a total diva on set and like also still relapsing. So it was just a chaotic shoot overall. 
And so I've just been getting notes for all of that. But we've also done like I used to do it as a solo podcast. Now I have my two co-hosts, Matthew Komar and Matt LaRue, who aren't Mm -hmm. comics. They're just cinephiles. And uh, we just sort of riff and raff and we have a blast with it. Yeah, that sounds really good. Now, where is that? Can we find it on YouTube? Uh, Spotify, Spotify, Apple Podcasts. We do it the old-fashioned way, where we just pop it onto every audio platform possible. Yeah, yeah. And, you, you know, Anchor. This, it's it's not a vi- – it's, it's audio only is really what I'm asking. Yeah, it's audio only, yeah. Okay, now, Leon Wolf, how can people find you out there on the Internet, a website, a YouTube channel, your social media? How do people find out what's going on with you uh, and um, maybe check you out? So they can follow me over on, you know, Instagram and Twitter under uh, Liam underscore Wolf underscore man on Instagram. Also, I would suggest too following bombed exclamation point cast on Instagram as well for trademark purposes so that we don't get (laughs) sued by bombed cast with the giant giant bombs podcast. Um, So you can follow us also on Instagram. Uh, You could follow me. I believe I'm also Liam Wolf on Twitter. Uh, Liam Wolfman on Twitter as well. Uh, that's where you can follow me. And then, of course, um, you know, Facebook. I go by my shoot name on there. So uh, uh, it may be a little difficult, but if you yeah. see it, an asshole either holding a coffee in his profile picture, holding a microphone looking scared, or a photo of Anthony Quinn or Dan Caprio for some reason, that would be my account on Facebook. Uh, but, yeah, you can follow me all there. That, that's where all my socials are at. Okay, Liam Wolf. Now, everyone at home is poised to watch this film at the exact same time we do here in the studio. So everyone at home has got to press play on their YouTube device at the exact same time we do here in the studio. So why don't you go ahead, Liam Wolf, and give us that celebrity comedian countdown. All right, everybody. Are you ready? In three, two, one, go. Thank you, Celebrity Comedian, for that Celebrity Comedian countdown. I look forward to hearing it. We are now in 1980s Showtime land. Wow. Wait, wait, wait. Wait for it. 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 Wait. Family time. Wait. This is a Showtime family time presentation. Aw. This is a Showtime family time. The kids can watch it in their PJs. Now, this movie has a really sordid past. I don't know if you're familiar with the daily comic strip Pogo. I know it existed. I know it was political. Right. Hey, you're absolutely right. It did exist, and it was political. It took place uh-huh. in the Oki Pinoki Pinocchi Swamp. So here we are, Walt Kelly's Pogo. Now, this movie came out in 1980. He passed away in 73. His uh, uh, widow is involved in this. And okay. this is a very, very elaborate full-length claymation movie where they use, like, flexi animation. They have models. They have miniatures. They have set backgrounds. And they're going to uh, – right now it's the song I Go Pogo. Here, let's listen to a little bit. I go. Pogo for president. So this is a very elaborate – it was a cartoon, right, from 1948 to 73. So – it was beyond 48. us. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Well, you know, it started off as a comic book, uh, Animal Comics, 1941. Mm-hmm. He was doing like these Uncle Remus stories about a little black boy and Albert the Alligator, and they meet Pogo the Possum, 
And then, you know, several years later, he dropped the, the little black boy storyline and <clears throat> kind of used Pogo as the character. So this guy, Mark Kanoi, he's does hasn't done shit since. I know he works. I think Killer Clowns from Outer Space was their production house. He directed this elaborate movie. So you're right. It's based on a political daily comic strip from the 50s when they okay. were going after simple Jay Malarkey at his Un-American Committee. Right. <laughs> and basically it was just ca cartoon characters, political politicians as animals. So you would have Fidel Castro, you would have, I don't know, the Soviet, yeah. what's the guy's name? Nikachov, whatever well, he was. He had, in the, the, he had the eyebrows. It was yeah. Nikov or something like that. They would show up in the swamp, but he really hated Senator Joe McCarthy. So he had simple Jay Malarkey. Right. Okay. So here, here we are. Pogo's our hero, and that's Porky Pine. And there's Albert the Alligator, and there's Howlin' Owl. Or Owl, Howl, Howl, Owl, Howl, Owl Island. It's like Howl, Howland Owl. Now, this movie just jumps right into it. They're saying we want Pogo to run for president again. Okay, run for president of the United States, not of their yeah. little pond. Yeah, not of some imaginary swamp. Excuse my nose. Who is but the, the deal with is, the blue hat again? The blue hat right there, that's Porcupine, and that's voiced by Jonathan Winters. Okay. <laughs> Jonathan Winters, this a, it's a killer's row of, of voice talent. There's Pogo. I don't know if you saw Fritz the Cat. But sure. That's Fritz. Yeah, so that's the voice of Fritz the Cat. Uh-huh. Albert the Alligator is none other than Stan Freeberg. Here, let's listen to him. How much for being this up. this guy he's been Don't around in like anime. Y'all got me to run in the past, but never again. But, 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 Forget it. I don't so even like kind of hickey. Yeah. So they all they all live in the swamp and we're gonna meet all the characters. I think the one character that's not in the movie is Beauregard Dog, but okay. they're all represented in here. You're gonna it's interesting too. The voice sound, like I said, is fucking killer's row. One of the characters uh is gonna be voiced by Jimmy Breslin. Okay. And who, Ruth Buzzy. He, yeah, go ahead. Jimmy Breslin. Yeah. Well Jimmy Breslin we know from New York uh was he did he write for the Daily News or the Post? They never really say oh, he wrote the gang who wouldn't shoot straight. Guy. Right. He was a New York personality. Right, 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 right. Jimmy Breslin. Yeah. <laughs> he always wore a suit because he was a reporter. Right, right. And he had that voice. So it's yep. interesting about that. So we're introducing the villains. Here is like, his name is Molester Mole. And this is oh. Muskrat. Yeah, but they don't really Molester? call him Molester in this movie. And, and what's Vincent? That's Vincent Price. What's his name? Vincent Price is the muskrat guy. I forget the first name. So the mole is Jonathan Winters, who plays three roles in this movie. And then we hear jo uh, Vincent Price doing the voice of the muskrat. What's interesting to me is that in this movie, muskrat seems like he's human, right? Big cook nose. And they're planning right here to uh, yeah, he control does. the elections. They're saying, listen, if we, if we control the pieces you know, we win the game. So okay. we put on some simpleton to run and then we find a simple opponent and we hold all the cards. So we need to get Pogo to run for president. Because Pogo's a dummy. A, a, oh yeah, he's like an every possum. He's an every possum, you know, and he's gonna, people like him in the swamp. Pogo is a possum? Yeah. Okay. 
Yeah, they have a bunch of characters. Let me see. I have a. You know what's really great? I got I got all my research uh, this time from YouTube. Uh, yeah. Ohio State just had a retrospective on Walt Kelly from last year, and they had a half hour video, virtual tour that was delightful. You know who who's influenced by this strip? Who's a lot that? of people. Dewsbury, obviously, for the political stuff. Uh, Bloom County, they had their own little Bloom County. Okay. Uh, uh, Dewsbury, of course, I mentioned that. Shoe, do you remember Shoe, where these owls ran a yeah. newspaper? Nope. Okay, well, this, there's an owl that runs a newspaper in this trip. And, uh, oh, wait, I think I do rem I, I did. Oh, no, that was, oh, yeah, right. Once there was an you owl know. here, and I was like, shoo, shoo. <laughs> shoo, right. No, no, different. It was the wrong thing. That alligator I've seen in Jeff Smith's bone. He has like a phone bone character, which looks like Albert the alligator with a, even with a cigar. And then, uh, Albert the alligator talks stupid. Bloop, bloop, bloop. Well, he talks like Stan Freeberg. I don't know. Oh, if, okay. Do you remember Stan Freeberg? Does that name no. ring a bell to you? No, 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 no. You know how you know Stan Freeberg? Do you remember mm -hmm. the Encyclopedia Britannica commercials where there was yeah. like some Simon, Uncle Cousin Simon kid who's like, what? That's his son, Donovan. And uh -huh. he directed all those Britannica, uh, Encyclopedia Britannica ads. So you know, we, you're right probably... that that guy's a human hanging out with all the animals. It's weird. But He's not, though. He's a muskrat, but <clears throat> he doesn't really come across. He kind of comes across, you know, as a Jew, I always point out anti-Semitism every chance I can get, but you got a hook-nosed, cloven uh, adult trying to, to manipulate things. So I don't think it was his attention. Yeah. Do you know uh, how? Mm -hmm. Yeah, it wasn't the attention. It just comes, you know, my No, my it might have been the intention. It might have been. <sighs> they're they're hoodwinking... They're hoodwinking Pogo right now to take his photos so they can use it for the campaign. There's no, it's interesting this movie because it was supposed to come out four months before the 1980 uh, election. That right? would have been perfect. Would have been perfect. They were promised that and then the company reneged. They said, no, we're not going to. They even had a company poster set up and everything. In their best interest, if that's when it would make more money. Well, you know what they did? They decided to release it as a video cassette available at Photomat. So in 1980, if you went to a Photomat kiosk, you could purchase for whatever the retail price in 1980 for a video cassette. Uh-huh, $7.99. Oh, yeah, it was $7.99. It was like $59. I think it was $54. Oh, like those first – remember that? I remember that. Yeah. And then, like, would always, next thing you know, they'd be 20 bucks. Well, a lot of times it was priced – because they want to keep it rental. Like if you bought ET back in the day for 20 bucks, you would never re-rent it. So no. they, oh yeah, it's available for retail. It's $89.95. Oh, you gotcha. better, you might as well rent it. Mm-hmm. It's cheaper to rent it. Yeah. So this movie, like I'm going to get into the detail about the production. Cause I watched this guy has a, a playlist of all the co press coverage in 1980 evening magazine. Oh, wait a second. Hold on. Whoa, 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 whoa. Like, okay, are they doing a press photo right now? I mean, he's on Mount Rushmore. Yeah. He's a president. He is on Mount Rushmore. And so I think oh, what it is, is like he's poked his, like, hey, Pogo, do you mind poking your head in there? And he's like, sure. So he and got then, into doing it because yeah. they really want him to. Okay. Are we getting hilarity right now? Do you know how many? So they say, like, it takes them like eight hours to build a model. And they use like wood and scalpels to kind of and brushes to smooth things right. down. Right. But 
they can only use a model for like four seconds worth of film. And then they mm -hmm. have to use a new model because it gets too dirty. So every wow. time you see a scene, it's a new model. That's There's crazy. so much effort. And, you know, I've, I remember the trailer and when I watched some of the other video, obviously we want to thank Joe 4-H, man, for posting this. But this Thanks, is like dude. one of the worst copies I've seen. You know, it's not a great copy. Thanks it's, for it's nothing, nothing, dude. Thanks for nothing, dude. I want my money back, Joe H. Listen. Uh, Wait till you see Stewardess School next week. It's just as, you know, awful <laughs> VHS copy on YouTube. Oh, I saw Stuart at school on Prime Video. I don't know if I could watch a cheap version of it. Yeah, Work well, if you're watching our show, you're gonna. We have the but Greek if, one. We also have the Greek one. But if you watch this, like the first generation version of this, it's yeah. smoother than the Smurfs. I mean, it's gorgeous looking. Absolutely well, yeah, gorgeous. It is, you know, and they made this whole world and we're in this big, you know. I think there's a disconnect because one, it is difficult to switch mediums, right? Yeah. I mean, and it's one thing to do an animated special. Chuck Jones did a uh, Pogo special in 69 that the uh, creator hated. Oh, and uh, he did what he responded was that, well, Kelly came up with his own cartoon, which is on YouTube. It's gorgeous, absolutely gorgeous. Uh, but it was never finished. So if you have a chance to check out Walt Kelly's animation, it's great. But a lot of things get lost. Like he's great because his he he was a Disney animator. Like he's credited on Dumbo. He's uncredited for Fantasia. He left in 41. Uncredited, okay. Yeah. He did a bunch of shorts with them and stuff like that. When he started doing animal comics, he still applied that animation flow. So everything is vibrant and moving and full of life. And he has this great detail. And then his calligraphy, the lettering he does is so great. We're going to meet a character named P.T. Bridgeport, the Jimmy uh, Breslin guy. And right. when he speaks, it's calligraphy. Like it's, you know, like a movie, like a P.T. Barnum poster. Who's showing so, up in this limo? He's having a fantasy. So let me tell you what's going on. This is all political humor minus the politicians. So it's basically how to run for office. They, want, they just said, hey, Albert, you're going to be the campaign manager for Pogo, and you're going to make lots of money. And then he fantasizes him on a limo. <laughs> Look how so beautiful. Yeah, it's gorgeous. I mean, all and this it, stuff is gorgeous. Yeah, and it's now, really, we're seeing a very bad copy. Very bad copy. But the question he asks is that if you're familiar with the comic strip, what does this have to do? I mean, on its own, it's beautiful, right? And if right. they were doing like the adventures of Sanitary Napkin, it would be a great original story. But they're taking, you know, Walt Kelly's story. Right. And they're creating it into this full length, 90 minute uh, masterpiece and things get lost. You know, there's a disconnect. Yeah. You can never really replicate the cartoon. So you go, okay, no problem. We'll, we'll do it. Unless on the you actually, story. you did it like a, an animation that was a black and white sketch in a, you know. Right. Well, you know, yeah. it's funny. I saw this movie in the theater on Tuesday and it was in black and white. Should have gone mm -hmm. Sunday. This movie. Yeah. The, the daily showing was in black and white, but on Sunday it was in color. Because it's a comic strip and I'm trying to make a joke. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Yeah. Right. So so Monday through Saturday, it's black yeah, and white. It's in bla yeah. Okay, okay. But Sunday they are. <laughs> now, what is shoot. going on? I don't know what's the plot at all. Is this Sure, I'm, I'm going to tell you. So they have bullet points of, of how a campaign works and they're making fun of it. Okay. So right now, Howlin' Owl 
It just printed. Oh, here it goes. He goes, ah, blasted punk rock, miserable punk rock. <laughs> and it's 1980. Yeah. So that was a little insight. That that one was for us, the kids. Yes, that's right. Who've never heard of fucking Walt Kelly, but heard of punk rock. <laughs> oh, I just spilled coffee. Yeah, oh, oh, me? When I first watched this film, I said, I don't like this. And then I called Mike and I said, I, I let's skip Pogo. And he goes, I'll tell you what, let's make it a switcheroo. And I said, great, great. Because look how pretty it is. Look how beautiful it is. Oh, it's definitely worth watch, but it's not, it's not the strip. Uh, and what they're doing is, so the, the guy who has a newspaper, he wrote Pogo Wins Election. And right. it lands on Albert, and and by the way, the turtle. You want to guess what the turtle's name is? Uh, is it Slowpoke? Is it Shelly? It's Shelly. It's Shelly, right? No, it's Femi La Church. Femi La Church. Okay, is she French? And yeah, I guess, but it's, it's feminine, right? Fem. Anyway, so it's yeah. uh, Arnold Stang. Our buddy Arnold Stang does the voice, Mister Top Cat. Hercules goes to New York. Uh, right. And, you know, him and Jonathan Winters were both in It's a Mad, 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 Mad World. Yeah, I guess I need to watch that film again. Everybody references it all the time. I remember it, but uh, I didn't, I wasn't laughing as hard as everybody else. It's one of those movies where it's, uh, you're not going to laugh out loud. You know, either well, you're going to. You, I did a couple times. They, what is her name? Merman Ethel, Ethel. Yeah, Ethel Merman. Yeah, so she's in the car, bitching and complaining to the, the son-in-law. And then the driver goes, boy, I don't envy me and you, buddy. <laughs> with this <laughs> Thomas, old yes. war horse right to her face. Well, it wasn't literally to her face, but she's in It was room. Terry Thompson, right? He must you have been embarrassed bad. in front of the whole cabin. <laughs> oh, everyone's thinking what he's saying. Ethel Merman is such a hottie. And then in this movie, they just kind of make her into this awful mother-in-law. <laughs> all right so what's going hottie. on is that she was <sighs> never a hottie even well when she was young i guess but oh you mean during those swimming spectacles she was hot okay she was certainly all right. All right. i'm off my glasses hey mister yeah. here's your glasses oh that's the so, bad guy and a good guy helped them so what they're gonna do is they need to find an opponent somebody who uh they can manipulate they so, so this guy is named Fremont the Bug. He's a legitimate character. And he he ran when Pogo ran for president in 1950, this was his competition. All he says is two words. Just fine. That's his mom right there. So they're so yeah, excited that this I think it's cute. This is one of the only good things I like before I told you. I don't want to do this. This is indeed a fake. Let's hear the just fine voice. Just hang. The natural talking fool. That's Vincent Price. Just fine. So we're not making fun of politicians. We're making fun of the political American process of running for can uh, for presidency. So there'll be fundraising. There'll be canvassing. There'll be the convention. These are kind of the bullet points they hit. Uh huh. So they're evergreen. You know, it's not. Uh, it's they're not making Joseph McCarthy jokes. You know. So is he going to be their opponent? I didn't see this. That's right. Okay. Nothing really happens in this movie, Carl. But yeah, that's exactly right. He's going to be the, the the opponent. All right. Well, that's fine. That's just fine. I 
let me see if I can find. So I want to talk a little bit. John Ellis has a, a YouTube channel and he has all these uh, evening magazine and stuff. So from what I learned from evening magazine from 1980, uh, this is called Flexiform Animation. And they use character models to change the position and shape. They shoot it frame by frame. They use extensive storyboards. They have over a thousand panels. Uh, they use like uh, sculptors use tools to reach out in smooth places like a brush and scalpel. It takes five to eight hours to make a model depends mm -hmm. on uh, then each character lasts 48 seconds and every time you see a model it's a new one also like there's the background of course the swamp they have these model 